My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. This is Sarah from Are You For Real? And I'm so excited to be joining Claire on our double issue. So I was planning to interview Sarah for my podcast this week anyway, um, and we are actually friends in real life. So when the universe kind of imploded with coronavirus, um, obviously everything got put on hold. So we were just kind of chatting this week and felt like, should we, do we need to change the tone of the podcast? What are we doing? I mean, we just, I feel like everybody's kind of in this space of how do we move on with our real lives while also trying to navigate this totally uncharted water. So we just decided to sort of forge on, but do like a joint venture where um, I'm still going to interview Sarah and tell you all about the things that you wanted to know about anyway, but also um, she's going to talk to me a little bit and we're going to chat a little bit about coronavirus. So Mm. Hope you guys mm-hmm. enjoy this. Yes. Um, so Sarah, I guess just start out and we're just going to be like, our, we are dumb and lighthearted and yes. we also, <laughs> I, we both think that we're very funny. We'll see what we you are. guys think. I don't know. We're also on the phone. We are social distancing. Yeah. So I feel like that's weird because I can't, like, I can't see you. We're just talking on the phone. Okay. Well, let me tell you. Okay. I am. I'll tell you where I am and what I'm doing. Okay. So you can have a visual. Everyone can have a visual. Thank I'm you. a visual learner, so that's helpful. Okay. Great. So, um, to, true to form, I'm sitting in a pair of sweaty black spandex yep. <laughs> pants Crotch. and a sports bra and a gray t-shirt. I'm sitting up in my, I have a home office. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here. I just finished doing a live stream and I'm drinking a highball. Oh, all right. Energy water. And at any point, I would, I'll, I would like them to sponsor me. (laughs) If they don't sponsor you. I can't, I don't even understand how they don't. (laughs) So they, they, they half sponsored me one time. They sent me like three cases of highball one time and they were like, yeah, we're super stoked. Like it's when it first like came in Whole Foods and I was like, Uh what is this genius coffee water? Right. And then I just fell off their radar. They got too popular. I don't know. So what is highball for those who don't understand? So highball is a sparkling energy water. Uh, my two favorite flavors are wild berry and lime. And it is basically, it tastes like a LaCroix, but it has um, like vitamin D. Yeah, like a fuzzy water. It has ginseng. It has caffeine, B vitamins. There, It's not sweetened. It doesn't have any calories. It's it's literally like um, mom crack, I would say. It's like a caffeinated multivitamin LaCroix. If yeah. Do you okay. drink them? No, I, but here's the thing. Oh, you don't I do a lot of caffeine. I can't do a lot of caffeine, but I also didn't realize because of migraines, I quit like over a year ago and it honestly has been great and it definitely gives me a headache, but I didn't realize they have two kinds where the, it's like a highball commercial where one has, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what the heck? You, you I'll be good. I'll be good. <laughs> one with sugar and like one without. So I picked one. So up one's and I was an like, energy oh drink God, and one is an energy. Calories. Right. One's an energy oh. drink and one's an energy water. And you have to be careful because like, like do let's like, don't waste your calories that way. I totally agree. Have a beer instead yes. of that. You're going to absolutely drink 200 calories. Have a white claw. <laughs> okay. We, we digress. Highball. Okay. Call yep. Sarah. Um, go ahead, um, Sarah, tell me, so the reason we're even like talking about coronavirus and social distancing is Sarah and I have been talking a lot this week because she owns the studio where I work out, practice yoga, whatever you want to call it. But so tell everybody, um, a little bit about how your career kind of transitioned from working at Lululemon, teaching yoga, starting your first studio to now you're at the work, you started the works. Yes. So I, um, I've been teaching yoga for a very long time. I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I was teaching yoga at a few studios there. And then I actually, at a very young age, got a, what we would like to have had a starter marriage, got a divorce Mm -hmm. and moved to Charleston. And I was teaching yoga at a million different places, but also at the same time, I was like having some side hustle because I was, nobody knew who I was here as a yoga teacher. And so I was teaching as many classes as I could, but I was also hostessing at Basil, delivering flowers, nannying, like just working all the time. And right. 
it was when Lululemon was still in its early stages and they were just coming into their hot markets, which means they were coming from the North to the South because they're a Canadian based company. And Is so that when friend, it was in that weird room, like up yes. the, on, on, no, I was before that. I was, Dang. I was before that. Wow. So they had, we had their first, so they hired me to be a showroom manager. They flew me. I lived in Vancouver for a month and worked at their headquarters. So they literally, like before it was a publicly traded company, this guy, Chip Wilson, owned it. And they immersed you in their culture, which is a cult. And I don't say that not like a bad cult. Like some cults are good, I guess. But it's very like the way they, they speak. When I came back, like, you know, I love, I'm a huge fan of Canadians. I think they're the most even people in the world. I'm, I totally really agree. Just good love people. Canada. But when they speak, they like at the end of everything they say, it's almost like a question. So the whole company talks like that. I don't care if you live in California, Hawaii, Alabama. Like I came back speaking straight like a Canadian. You know, um, like with the, you know, is that what they say? Yeah. Yes. Everything's like, it's almost like they're like kind of giving you the middle finger, but in a really pleasant way. And you're like, I don't know. I, I think this, I think you're being, I'm not, I don't know. Yes. Um, but what the culture, what, so they moved us. I opened up a store here. The economy tanked. They offered to move me to Chicago with my partner at the time. And I was like, no, screw that. Like, I was like, I, what do I love to do? I love to teach. And at the time, boutique fitness, this was almost 11 years ago. Boutique fitness was not anything in Charleston. There was mm -hmm. maybe one or two yoga studios. And my partner at the time and I were like, screw it. Let's open up a power yoga studio. Mm -hmm. um, and so we did that and we opened it up. Upper King Street, a lot of people know this story where there was absolutely nothing. Now, Upper King Street, for those of you that know Charleston, know Hoppin. that it is hopping. That mm -hmm. is where it is. I mean, it's now it's like moving to Meeting Street, but we were yeah. definitely like pioneers on that circuit. Opened it up, loved it, lived a million lives as I owned that studio. By the time I was um, ready to move on from that studio, not for any other reason than I was, I had grown, I'd really grown up there. Um, my life had changed. My body had changed. My, I went from having no kids to now having three children. Um, and I wanted the, the whole face of boutique fitness really has changed what it looks like. You know, um, it's, it's the movement is now people are looking for leaders. Um, and it took me it's a really long that time. way. Like, right. Like you say, boutique fitness, it used to be like yes. big bought these giant gyms and now totally. It, people are really, and it also to used it. to be like the, the, like people were like going because of the method. So it was like a yoga, you go to the yoga studio. Now people are like following people around. Yeah. Like, so yeah. people are having, like, I think of like Tracy Anderson or, you know, some of these other people that are like, have really done an amazing job. Taryn Toomey's done an amazing job with the class. Like these people that are doing something. And I had this, this, I guess I'll call it a method. And I had a really wonderful following. And I say that as humbly as I can. And I know that, you know, people know me, understand that, but it took me a really long time to say that because I didn't want anyone to be like, as she sounds like an asshole, but I've worked my, my butt off for it. And I right. believe in what I do. And so I would, I had this, this like little, this little niche, like where, so we were taking yoga, which I, I full, fully believe in. I love, I think it's so good for the body to strengthen and stretch at the same time. But also as I'm getting older as well, I need more cardio, more strength work. Lord knows my ass needs as much sculpt work as is humanly possible. Bless and yeah. then a message, like a conversation, because we, I mean, you know, I, you're my target demographic, Claire is. And like, as a working mother and as just a human, it's nice to be able to go into a room with other people that you, you're you like, I don't mind spending an hour with you. You got something to say, you know, yeah. whether it's like a quote or a funny story or just a stupid story about our kids. And we go in there, there's not a whole lot of like, like dogma, you know, I'm not, not that there's anything wrong with that type of a practice, but that's not what I related to. And so I really wanted to keep it Same, soulful right. and real. Um, right. and it's, and it's worked. And there's something for everybody. I mean, you know, there are people that desperately need the dogma and the absolutely ritualistic so part of it. Studios of like do that. And that was right. And that's, you know, I think that's the thing. It's like, there's so much in my industry people throw shade around so much and that's partly why I named the studio a sweat studio by Sarah Frick instead of a yoga studio because I was so sick of like people putting me in a box and I kept hitting my head on the ceiling and I was like dude I'm done playing by these yeah. rules yeah because what I'm doing is working for the people that want it and the people that don't don't need to come please actually don't come 
Because when you get like, I mean, I could be making this up, but I feel like I remember talking to you and people would like ridicule the way you were teaching at Charleston Power Yoga. Not, not anyone there, but like people in the yoga community. Well, I think the thing that happens sometimes is there's different schools. There's different ways to do things and, and mm-hmm. people get very committed to the way mm-hmm. that they do things and what the meaning of certain, what, what is the meaning of yoga to right. me? The meaning of yoga is union. And that's like, you can find yoga everywhere. I can tell you what the hardest yoga in my life is being a mother, right? <laughs> like, so if your yoga is yeah. about patience and about like hard things and staying the course and not losing your shit and breathing, like I could, I can freaking get on my mat and sweat for two hours. Yes, it's physically challenging, but put me in the house for the next two weeks with my children during this. Let's talk about those practices. That's yoga, you know? And so I just felt that I had, um, you know, I had, I had outgrown certain practices and not that there's, and I really go back. I'm not trying to oversimplify or anything. There's so much beauty in in a, a power practice, a vinyasa practice, an ashtanga practice, if you love Bikram, that practice. And that's wonderful, but I was doing something different and it just wasn't, it, I just kept trying to fit it into a puzzle that the piece was not for that puzzle anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I had always I honestly wanted to know, like, what, how did the transition happen between CPY uh, and the works? Because I, it's funny when, when all of that was happening, when you were like starting, your own practices and in like your driveway um, and being like, you know, people come and I would get all these texts. That's when I was like, could not pregnant. No, no, that's when I had my brain hole. And I was like, I want to come so bad, but I couldn't, I mean, I could, I I want to come so bad, but I have a hole in my brain. (laughs) I can't, I just, not today. But so I feel like I missed, it's just so weird because I spent, I mean, I've, feel like I followed you at CPY for years and then yeah this transition happened I'm like I don't even know what just happened but like sure yeah. go over there <laughs> yeah um so excuse me so what ended up happening after many conversations is my business partner at the time at CPY Beth um she bought the business so she just bought my 50% of the business and she still runs both of those studios and during the time of my transition um a few of the other instructors that really practice that a lot of those women trained with me as well. And they did train with Beth as well, but some of us taught more like me and some more Baptiste. Um, And so some of those women came with me and I was like, well, here we are at, we got to do something like we got to, I got to, I got to give these people classes. So we started in my driveway. I started Mm -hmm. teaching classes in my driveway and I was like selling out these classes in my driveway. And it was just wild. I mean, it was like, my whole driveway would be mat to mat. It was like, I, I look, but you know, when you don't, I don't ever, and this career, we'll get into this more, but like, I never, I haven't paused really since we started doing this because I have felt the need to like, I had to keep this hustle rolling to get the ball rolling on this. Cause this is such a new baby basically. So we were doing that. And then I was like, okay, so like fall's going to hit and we can't like be, you know, like 45 deep in my driveway. And so there was a little, there's this little public room out on Sullivan's Island. It's called the Island Club. It is basically like a church hall and Mm -hmm. we moved the classes over there. And then we decided we got so many people, they were like, please come back downtown. We're not going to drive out to Sullivan's Island. Those of you that aren't familiar with Charleston, it's a good like 20, 30, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And so we were still like the Island Club classes were banging too, but the room is, it's a barn. It's like, so there's no insulation. So it was really, really, really cold. And so there's the lovely woman downtown. Her name's Kelly George and she owns a meditation studio called soul. Mm -hmm. And she was like, her and I like came up with this idea. She had open space. She's her studio is drop dead gorgeous. They meditate in there. They don't sweat. So bless her because I come in there, we got freaking hip hop rolling. I'm cranking up her heat. I thought she was gonna have a nervous breakdown. I mean, she was so lovely about it, but she was like, um, she is a sweet, sweet lady. She's so sweet. And I was like, this shit is not, this ain't gonna work. So then there was this, this, the old Bikram studio, if you're familiar with Charleston is, um, on president street and that building had been empty for so long. And so I put in a call to a buddy of mine who's, uh, a broker. And I was like, what talk to me about that? And he was like, um, he's looking well, he's looking to sell it. He's like, but he'll lease it to you. I mean, it was so crazy. He was like, 
for like nine grand a month. And pardon my French. I said, fuck off. Tell him to tell him to fuck off. Cause I knew who it was. <laughs> I said, tell him for six months, I'll pay him $15,000 cash. And I will not call him. I don't care if the walls cave in and the whole place starts on fire. <laughs> I will not bother him. I will not call him. And he called him back and they, we signed the deal. So we got to open up a temporary studio on president street. And then which was amazing. And we were, we crushed over there. We had so much fun. I basically, I got a lot of a big staff by the time we did that. Um, and then we opened up our studio on meeting street, May 29th. And now we're in a pop-up studio in Mount Pleasant as well. And building out our full-time studio over here. Okay. So that definitely leads me to our, your current level of anxiety, which is 12 out of 10, because mm -hmm. you like a lot of business owners, small business owners, um, just like took a leap to open a second studio in Charleston. And now it's like, just kidding. Mm -hmm. No one can come for at least a month. Right. Oh God. I know Claire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I know. It's okay. I was like, Ooh, do you even know yet? I'm sorry. I, I mean, I've, 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 I've had a feeling, mm -hmm. um, a month. Okay. Let me take a deep breath. <sighs> sorry. So it's okay. So no. the good news is everybody will be like super fat. I mean, we are plowing through <laughs> booze and snacks at my house. Like, Same. I mean, my husband is not really a drinker, but this is, he's like doing, well, we can talk about this later too, but he's doing so much with this virus that he, at the end of the day, he's like, I got, have you opened the wine yet? Like, why is the wine not open? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Cause you've never been, to, you've never done this before. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plowing through Same. booze and snacks over here. Well, same. And I mean, like last night I wasn't even hungry and I actually, I didn't even want to drink, but I was like, I guess right. I should have a glass of wine. And then I was like, sure. and Doritos, duh. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, eat my feelings is right. like, what is happening? Yeah. My body was like, put something bad in me. So we can, before we go to bed, I was like, Oh, casual. Um, so yes. Yeah. So I definitely had a massive freak out the other day where I, I think I'd just been trying to figure out like going through the motions. Okay. So we got class sizes down. Then we took them down more. Then I was going to run classes in my driveway and I got some advice from, from some great friends. Claire being one of them was <laughs> like, don't do it. And I'm like, you know what? Don't, it's, it's not the time. It's not the time to be lawless. And you right. know, I'm one to like do what I want to do, but I also am, I, I, I'm a big believer in social responsibility and I have I to love do my that part. You said that. You, I love that you said that because like, I feel like People are, I see all these, even medical practices. I called somebody out the other day on Instagram because I just was like, what are you doing? And no, there's, it's either, you're either one or the other right now. I feel mm -hmm. like people, people are either doing what you guys have done. You've watched you and our friend Stacy, who owns an unbelievable store downtown that is closed mm -hmm. to be socially responsible. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the only yeah. reason you're doing it. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I think it's, it's the smart thing to do. And like, it breaks my heart, of course, but it's like, you know, we're, this is like a world thing. This is not like a right. Charleston thing. This is not like a Sarah Frick thing. This is a world thing. And right. I had this like epiphany yesterday and I'm sure other people have already had this and I know it's been going around, but like, I was um, talking to Carter who does all the marketing for my business and she was sent me a picture, I guess. Have you seen the canals, how much they've cleaned up in Venice? Yes. Like, yeah. like I think That's this wild. is, it's wild. And like, there's all these endangered animals or they thought were like dead coming out in China, like a month without pollution. And, right. you know, I, I do Have believe. Have you seen the emissions map from China where they're showing like what their their uh carbon emissions normally are no then, i haven't seen it uh, it is wild it's like during the basically as the quarantine gets stricter and stricter their emission you can watch on this whatever global map it is you can watch them go down and then become almost nothing and then as they're lifting their quarantines over there you start to see them go back up again and it's and it's like dang that's yeah yeah that's wild and like Happening. and you know it's it's and I'm not, and I, and I always say this cause I don't want people to be like, God, she, who the fuck does she think she is? But like, yeah. I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but like, this is a pause for the world and we need it. Right. We Take really do. And like, you know, 
economically, is it going to be hard on us? Yes. I'm a small business owner. I believe me. I feel it. My husband owns his own business. He's a builder. He is two or three, something he was telling me yesterday. He's two or three. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like clients, projects? No, when you get your thing to pass two or three. Inspections? Like two in, he's two inspections away. He just did a $4 million spec house. So they're two uh-huh. inspections away from it being done. And uh-huh. we're about to walk into a, a big deal. Like, so, things those employees can't go to work right now. Like the inspectors, I, well, I think. Well, and not only that, but right? like nobody can buy that. Nobody's buying that house probably right now. Oh, either. right. right. Yes, a $4 right, million yes. house. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think like I have, I have to think like this. One of the things that I I practice and I preach about a lot is being present. So either I'm just saying be present, like because it's on the on a freaking Lululemon bag and it's a billion dollar buzz phrase, or I'm actually going to practice it. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And in five days, if sadly my whole house breaks out with Corona and we're so sick and I might eat these words I'm saying, but right now, like in this moment today, I know that there's nothing I can do to change this. And like the energy exchange for us is not about money. Right. So it's like, what can, what can we do? What can, how can we find, I don't know if, I don't know if joy is the right word, but like there is something here. And I think, I I mean, hope if if you're not joyful, at least be hopeful, you know, that. Right. And, and connection. I mean, I, I do believe that. Like, I think that, I don't know. And maybe it's, I know we only, you know, like you think about like your, traje- your trajectory, like what you look at on Instagram, you see more of. And of course I'm like looking at all these like happy yoga people smiling. However, um, I do think that like people are from what I can see being kind to each yeah. other. I think um, so. I, I mean, me and my husband, but for well, other please. people. I mean, I said, I sent a text to my girlfriends this morning that, um, are, have chosen to stay home with their, with their children, um, which is like the hardest job in the world. And I was like, first of all, y'all deserve a billion dollars as do my children's childcare, um, teachers, teachers, uh, and everybody should get a de- get out of jail free card for one murder. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I think that, um, I think that this is an opportunity to let some things fall to the ground and pick up the pieces that you want. And there's a lot of practices in my life that I like that are really loud and big in my face right now because I can't control them. And I'm like, what, what, what really is that about? You know? Yeah. I mean, today I, I was in my kitchen cleaning up like literally breakfast from seven, eight. I, f- I feel like I'm doing the same thing every day. It's like uh-huh. we eat breakfast, we do this, we do that. And then I clean up and the blow. I was like, it is effing groundhog's day in here. Like what uh-huh. is going on? But then I just, I, I mean, I had to take a second and I was like, cause that, it, that made me feel so anxious to know that like, uh-huh. this is not just a regular Sunday. Like, is it Sunday? Actually, I didn't even, Sunday. Yes, right? it is. This is not just a regular Sunday. We're doing this again tomorrow and the mm-hmm. next day and the day after that. And for who, who knows how long. So like, mm-hmm. it's just not helpful for me to freak out about this is Groundhog's Day. I can't like, I can't do this anymore because I'm mm-hmm. going to have to, I mean, we have to, we just, mm-hmm. we're going to have to, and it is, it is what it is. And I, mm-hmm. I, and I am thankful I ran to a friend. We did not get more than six feet close to each other, but yesterday she was riding her bike with her kids and we were on a golf cart and she said, you know, it kind of, I mean, is this what war feels like? And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but also like we're still safe, you know, so yeah. as insane as this is, it's not like we can't go outside, you know? So, right, right, right. I mean, I, even if it just makes us have any compassion for, I've seen a lot of things about refugees and mm. um, people fleeing countries and, and kind of the comparison to, you know, we're freaking out about not being safe to go to the grocery store because like we might get a virus, not because we might get like murdered or bombed Killed. or, you right. know, well, whatever. I mean, it's, it's still quote unquote safe, if you will. So I, I totally, that. I totally, totally, totally agree with you about that a hundred percent. Um, I know it's all, it's so, that's not, I was going to say it's all relative, but it's like, we're, we still have so much to be thankful for. I hate to even complain. I really do. 
Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, like the, the human condition is suffer is like suffering, complaining, like we all do these things. So not to take that away from anyone, but, or myself, because believe me, as soon as we hop off this call, I'll walk downstairs and like be raging. But, um, we, we get to make those choices. And I do, I think about that too. It's like these people in other countries that experience this, like with the refugees, like experience these situations all the time. I saw something the other day about they had put um, seesaws on two sides of the border so these children could play and like on one. So it was like between a fence. Oh, right. Yeah. And so they could like talk to their family members that were on the other side of the border. And these little kids were playing with each other without being anywhere near each other, but they were still experiencing each other. And I think that that is a message of connectivity. Like right now, what you were saying, like six feet, like we can't be as close to people as we want to be, or just roll over to a friend's house. Or, I mean, roll into a class of, you know, 55 people deep, but we can still somehow connect with each other, reach each other and um, be there for each other. And that kind of flows nicely into one of the questions I was looking back. People submitted questions for, for us to ask Sarah a couple of weeks ago. And um, we just hadn't even, I was like, I don't, I don't even know if people want to know this stuff anymore. But one of the questions was, um, just asking about the connection between fitness and mental health. Um, mm -hmm. And so I actually reached out to a couple of exercise, um, like one girl who has her PhD and uh, basically in that, and then an exercise physiologist, and they sent me like 30 million articles. And I was like, well, I can't, I, I believe you. I can't read all of these. But I mean, some of them, some of them I did read, and they were, I mean, it was pretty incredible, just the the connection between basically moving your body. We're not talking about crazy stuff there there are a lot of studies about high impact interval training and mental health but um sorry is my phone dinging on the podcast also that's real annoying no okay well no I can't hear it. <laughs> um but do you um do you feel like now more than ever people need to start moving in their homes and just mm -hmm. I mean even if you've never done it before yes what, I mean, yes Yes. I just feel like, I mean, there's nothing movement therapy for me. And I can only speak from personal experience. Yes. I've seen this transform people's lives. I mean, I can give you a million examples, a million, like the letters that I get from people, the messages just over the years. And it's not, it's not a testament to me. It's a testament right. to movement because I've been teaching right. so many different modalities of movement for so long. And it's the message is always the same. Right. Like I've had people yeah. come into my room who have gotten sober, who have um, gone through really bad relationships and got out, who've changed their careers, who've gone through fertility, myself included in that, um, who have had a lot of loss, grief. Also people who have found like tremendous joy. Like I get to watch these young women who, you know, grow up basically in these rooms. So some of them who have like been become teachers at my studios. Yeah. And that's pretty incredible. Um, I definitely think you know, like moving for me is, is I, as I move, I get out of my head and into my body and my body is like, it's what's like physically there. It's like, that's what's actually happening. I can get into my breath. I can get away from like the thoughts that are like scary or overwhelming or, you know, whatever it is. And it rises, it brings is like the happy, the happy buzz into your brain. Because as Elle Woods did say that's right exercise gives you endorphins endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill people although right. <laughs> can't really say that right now um, because I might, you might need to go do some jumping jacks <laughs> I mean, really the thing I say to always like in my rooms is like I never it's the hardest part is doing it right yeah. like the hardest freaking part and especially now I can speak to it so we okay the hardest part is doing it but you're never but I never regret it now let me say I love a group fitness room clearly I've made a career off of it because mm -hmm. when you're with other people it's very very motivating you got the music you got the smell you got the whether it's the good smell or the bad smell you've got the heat you've got you know the fans or you don't have whatever your room looks like but you're with other people and so there's this group mentality and you're like okay well, this like, I mean, like you think about every like revolution that ever happened, it's basically the same thing, right? Yeah. It's like a bunch of people that have a common goal and they're all together and they're sticking together for a certain amount of time until they get to their end goal. 
So now that I've been at home and I've had to work out by myself and like to stream, even my girls who I love and I take their classes all the time. I'm like, that's hard. Cause there's yeah. nobody here holding me accountable. <laughs> yeah. It is harder. It is so harder, much harder. Sure. My um, personal like story just with, you know, I mean, I've always had a little bit of anxiety and then sometimes I get so anxious. It'll, it's, I feel, I'm like, I guess this is what depression feels like. But when I was really sick, I, I mean, I was talk about, I mean, I was so depressed. Mm. So I, um, uh, people, I don't know if, if people don't know. So I had this like weird condition where I had a, basically like a piece of my skull would split open and brain was like coming into my inner ear. Mm. So for like a year I had these crazy symptoms. And one of the biggest things was, I mean, I basically, I had a migraine all day, like 24 seven for like eight or nine months. And then a big part of why I, I could not exercise is that I could, my heartbeat, like I could literally feel it in my face. Like it would vibrate like my whole face and it was mm. deafeningly loud. Like it was so loud. It was debilitating. So for a little while, I would try to like walk or ride a bike or just something. And I, I mean, I could, it was nauseate. Like it was awful. So, I mean, I didn't, I went from super in shape, really like crushing it, exercising five days a week to nothing. I mean, just nothing. And that, I mean, it was, I was depressed, but that, that made it so much worse. I mean, I was like, I cannot move my body. So I had my surgery in March of last of 2019 to correct it and basically waited like two or three months until, I mean, I was like cleared to go and all of that. But the first time I went to work out, I just was like, I gotta, I just gotta do, I gotta do it. So I went to a works class and I, you know, I had known Sarah for years. So I was like, I know it's going to be really good. And I, I did the class. I'm sure I modified. I don't even know, but like I made it. I mean, my goal was just like, don't die in the class. Just don't mm-hmm. like throw up or pass out. And so as I left, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, oh, I do. You, you asked me, you, I was walking out and you're like, how was it? You kind of look like you're going to throw up. And I just started weeping mm-hmm. because I was like, I can't believe I went like for I went for so long and I say so long it was only a year my god it wasn't like it was five years ten years I mean there are people who have injuries or illnesses that like can't do this but yeah it was like a year and poor Alex was standing there was like oh my god it's it's okay it's really emotional I know I was like no I mean <laughs> yeah it is like, no I have a hole in my head it's okay it's weird I, I felt so, so dumb because I was like it's not just because I like worked out but <laughs> Yeah. But, but it was, it was so emotional for me to just be able to physically do that again. I, it was literally overwhelming. I mean, I was overwhelmed and I'm not a cry. I mean, anybody who knows me, it's probably like are yeah. you serious right now. Like I was weeping. It was totally bizarre. But I also think it, re- it like, it releases so much in your, think about all the stored up, like yeah, you know, scientific word for it, I'm sure, but I call it energy <laughs> in your body. And right. like that practice, it like is made to unlock those gates. Yeah, And that for me, because I'm an anxious person as well. And I also like hear like when my anxiety gets really bad, I've noticed too, like as I've gotten older, when my anxiety gets bad, like, well, first of all, my patience is like gone. Zero. None. Yeah. Zero. And so then I like like rise and snap. And then I feel really bad because the people I usually snap on are the people that I love the most. Um, and so that like coming into that room and just like flushing that out of my body too, is just, it is, I mean, John knows like sweat is a non-negotiable. I don't care if we're here. I don't care if we're on vacation. I don't care if we're stuck in our house. Like for me, I have to sweat to be a normal person every day. I mean, almost every day, not every day, but almost every day. And I think it's because too, it like, it, it takes the physical energy from you. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's like, I don't even have the energy to be anxious anymore when I leave there. I, at mm-hmm. least it takes my anxiety level down. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired. So I can't. Yeah. I'm just I'm done. I'm not going to yell at you today. I just yeah. I'm not, I can't do it. Totally. Well, what questions do you have for me about the coronavirus that I so, could possibly answer? So Claire is my personal nurse, you guys. <laughs> She's actually my doctor. 
And I always call her or text her when something awry goes in my life. (laughs) Let me just say this too. It's not, I always, I'm like, it's not because I know these things. It's because my husband is ER slash internal medicine. And then my dad and my brother are both pediatricians. So like, if I don't know, I just ask one of them, but I do love the fact that you think that I know all of these things. Mm In my brain, you do. So let's just keep it how it is, okay? Okay. Yeah. Because in my brain, we're we got a real good thing going. I will go with that. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and so I guess, Claire, like, if you were talking to someone like me, who, as I said, I'm more of a humanitarian than a scientist, <laughs> give it to st- shoot it to us straight. From where we are today, this is Sunday, March twenty second. Tomorrow's my uh, birthday, and it's gonna be oh, a little weird. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thanks. I'll pour one out for you. Bitchin', yes. Please do. (laughs) You can have a FaceTime tears. I know. I was like, this is so weird. What are we going to do? So uh, give it to you straight from like a medical standpoint, like a timeline. What do do you mean? All right. So let me like just some common questions and then we can talk about like maybe some more serious stuff. So common questions for a lot of people that are in our demographic or listening. Let's talk schools. So I I messaged with my son's teacher yesterday, who's so, who I really, really love, Catherine Howes over at Whiteside. She's just so great. And I was actually messaging, I was actually messaging her to see what we could do for some of the children that are in Waylon's class um, that aren't as fortunate as we are. If there's like, you know, like uh, Target gift cards, anything that we can do. And I think as a community, we all need to be supporting our locals, but we also need to, and at local businesses, I'm a huge proponent for that. Believe me. But I also think there are, um, other, and I know a lot of you guys know this, but other families, other children that aren't as privileged as ours. And, um, so support the, your locals, but also don't be scared to buy a public gift card. Yeah. And because I'm like, what's happening to these people who now we're counting on their kids being in school and they're having to pay for childcare or right. Just straight up not working. I I, genuinely, I don't know. I mean, what if you're a waitress and that's how you provide for your family, waiter or waitress. Well, and and the restaurant's just straight up closed. Well, and a lot of people, and I can just speak to this because my buddy, Aaron, who owns home team, um, you know, he had to lay off 400 people. And lay, so a lay, lot of lay off 400 people. Oh, wait, you know, wait, they're closed, 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 closed because for them, the way he explained it. And I apologize, Aaron, if you're listening and I completely butcher this, but, and, um, from what I understand is that for him to do like takeout or whatever, it's not, right. I don't think the margin made sense, right. um, for the people that were going to be working and cooking for what they were going to bring in because I, and I think this, and I'm sure Lindsay, our producer is listening and she's super smart about all this stuff as well. And so I'm probably saying it all wrong. So if I do, we'll do this. I wish she would chime in. She's like muted herself and I'm I know. desperately. I'm like, but where are you? I think one thing. Hey guys. Too, it's like, <laughs> hey, it's alcohol sales partly too, yeah. isn't it? Lindsay? Oh, totally. Yes. I mean, that's. So you make so much more off alcohol and. Yeah. And it's like more passive income. It's alcohol definitely is always the moneymaker in a restaurant. You know, you don't really, really just food, especially if you're serving good food from really, you know, wonderful purveyors, it costs money. And so you don't make any money on food. Typically you make all of the money because the the profit margin is about, the markup is usually about 400% on alcohol. So it's, it's really good in terms of what you can make, but a lot of restaurants also, I don't know in home teams situation, but they're just not set up to do that kind of volume. And it's also really, we're seeing now that it's, Claire, you could probably speak to this, but not safe. It's it's not that much safer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're still transferring. You still have to see a person. A lot of people aren't paying online or they're not set up to do so. And so the ordering process just becomes overwhelming or they're not able to pivot to that in right. a in a way that that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Wow, but the layoff thing, the layoff wow. thing is actually a good thing because it allows their employees to then draw unemployment. So it's kind of a mercy kill. If you weren't laying off your employees, you're right. a jerk because they're just basically not getting not getting shifts. So oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. When they that, say yeah, that layoff, sense. you're like, oh, that sounds so horrible. They will obviously all hire them all back if and yeah. when there's a job yeah. for them to come to. But laying them off just right. allows them to to go through the proper government channels to try to get aid. No, that, that actually is a good point. That makes sense. And I'm glad you said that. Cause I've been like, I don't know why I've just been freaking out about like waitresses and waiters, but, um, Oh, it's bleak. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's not good, but I would, so the school thing, you know, there's, they're closed right now for a month. Um, I will tell you 
and this is why I'm like so fascinated about my husband. So my husband is basically in charge of kind of the, we live in South Carolina. So the, the big hospital here, he he's in charge of their response, which is like, therefore kind of how the state is responding. Um, like he's helping the governor guide these decisions. And, um, he told me in January, he was like, you know, the kids, like there's going to come a point where they're not going back to school for the rest of the year. And that was in January. And I was like, well, okay. But like, I you're mean, like, use some are. sanitizer at it's fine. I know. <laughs> keep, keep drinking your sanitizer. I mean, like he is wackadoodles about the germs, but he knows, I mean, this is his Super Bowl. Like he, this is his thing. Um, so I think that schools are probably going to be out until the end of the year, if I had to guess. Jeez. But here's the thing. To all the moms that are, like, trying to homeschool right now, here's what I don't – my kids are two and four. So, you know, they our school <laughs> sweet angels sent home this packet of all this stuff, and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. And also, Evie's going to repeat the four, so, you know, like, we'll talk about the letters again next year, whatever. But if your kids are legit school-aged, I don't understand why all the moms don't band together and just be like, listen, we under, we're going to be – a we'll start here next year. Like, we'll start – may where where are we march of 2020 we'll just start that in august like why is everybody not saying we cannot do this homeschool because what are you supposed to do if parents are trying to work from home and or and or still having to actually go to work and you're trying to teach eighth grade math which is now common core and i'm still trying to carry the one like i don't understand how this is sustainable yeah i mean i definitely there's going to be um uh, I mean, I hear you because I am not, I mean, the only, it's Waylon. It's, you know, the only one that I have to really teach focus on, bit, yeah. teach a little bit. And thank Jesus, thank you for giving me a smart child. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm so, I honestly, y'all, like, I was not a student. I wasn't. I mean, I busted my butt and I went to community college so I could get my grades up enough to go to university. And I did. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I have a degree, but I don't use it, but I'm glad I did it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Waylon has, he's always just been one of those children, not because of John or I, he's just like, he, yesterday he put together, John took him to target and he was like, we wanted him to do something because he doesn't, he likes to like do things, not like so much like van, you give van a ball and he'll like play for hours. So John was like, Sarah, these Lego things are like $80. And I was like, just buy it. Just buy it. Who cares? I I was like, it'll put him, I said, it'll, you know, it'll take a few days for him to do it. That kid sat there and he freaking geeked out on that. And he put together, I mean, this thing is like huge. It's like human size, no help. He read all the instructions. He put everything together. He's six. Like, you know, so he's the one that, that. What? I can't yeah. even read the instructions. No. <laughs> My ADD is like squirrel, squirrel, yeah. squirrel. Um, but so, okay. So you think a, mo- a month plus for school? It's it's definitely a month right now. They've already, I think, decided on mid-April. So that's like a month. And then, and, okay. So then to speak to other things that are like common things, I'm just hearing yeah. around. Um, okay. So businesses, at least a month starting tomorrow. Yeah, I think um, so this is that last week was like a wash. Not no, not a wash because I think I don't I don't know. I I kind of vacillate. I'm like I I am curious why we if we really think we're following the trajectory of Italy. So this may help people understand why all this is happening because things don't seem that bad right now. So we are essentially we think following somewhat of a similar trajectory to Italy mm-hmm. where they had too many cases too quickly. Like that's the problem. It's, it's not that everybody's like, well, there's only a one per, you know, one to two or maybe even five, we don't know the mortality rate yet, but everybody's looking at that and thinking to themselves, well, then there's a 97% chance that I'm not going to die from this. Well, sort of, but it depends on your age group. I mean, we watch as the ages go up. So starting at like age 20, 30, 40, when it goes up by decade, it, it shoots up like exponentially. Mm-hmm. So the death rate for people in their 40s is higher for people than people in their 20s. But what happens is then then the hospitals are so overwhelmed by people with this virus that then your you know friend who has a heart attack and is 45 or you know your friend who like has cancer and is immunocompromised and needs a bed cuz she now has some other infection like that we can't mm-hmm. take care of those people because 
the hospital system is overwhelmed, hospital staff is now getting the virus themselves and they like literally can't, we can't right. take care of our, our other population or, you know, you're, you, somebody has to have emergency surgery or whatever. We all know stuff that happens where it's right. You got to go to the hospital and you, we go and we can't help you. Um, so we've never, we just don't know what that's like. Um, right. And, and that's people, the whole flatten the curve. Right. That's what flatten the curve means. We're just trying to not eradicate this virus. That's not possible right now. We know that like people are going to get it, but what we're trying to do is, introduce it a little bit more slowly so that we can actually handle the volume of people that need things like a ventilator um, right. or, you know, an ICU bed or whatever. It My is. neighbor's um, brother lives in Atlanta and he got diagnosed yesterday mm-hmm. and he, his wife is a nurse anesthetist. And mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Yeah. Why are those words so hard? That's a I stupid hate. one. I know. I totally agree. I'm I like, know. and I said, this is, <laughs> I know. I can't um, Who's so, um, so she, and she's fine and they have little, they have small children too, but he was just, he just felt, and he's actually like a ranger. Like my neighbor, Jeff was like, dude, he's super tough. Like this is like, right. you know, health, super healthy dude, um, 40. And he went to the hospital and they were like, you need to go to, I guess they have tents set up. And so they like checked him for everything, but because of his age, they wouldn't waste one of the, the swipes on him. Yeah. But they told him, they were like, you have it. And they sent him home. They were like, you can't stay here. Like he he's having trouble breathing, like everything. And they sent him home with an inhaler. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's 40, you know, and like, so it's already happening. We're rationing healthcare. So that's what happens is we have to look at him and say, you are probably going to be okay from this. So here's something to help you, you know, and then they, I mean, I'm sure they said, come back if, you know, this isn't working or whatever, but the mm-hmm. likelihood is that, yeah, you're probably like your inhaler will probably work at home. Um, but like normally if a young dude like that comes in, that's short of breath and like, can't get it under control, you'd set him down, you'd give them breathing treatments, you'd watch them, you'd, you know, maybe admit them overnight, maybe a night right. or two. And they just can't do that right now. And it's like for someone like me who has grown up in this, I, I mean, honestly, like in a bubble, you know, I'm yeah. like, that's like, the, you're supposed to go to the hospital and get better and things are going to be good. And then, and right. everything's going to be, you know what I mean? It's like the hospital is like the safe place and it's no, not, no, it's um, not. And then I guess another question is, and I asked you this the other day, you know, so because some people, hopefully not everybody, but some people are going to get this. Do you know what, what that looks like? Like, like what, how, what that experience, I guess my biggest fear is like every single one of my house getting at the same time. And I know that's heard other moms say that too. Totally. So if like, let's take your family's ages, um, ages of their, your children and you and John. So y'all are like mid 30. I'm almost 40. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll see. I know you're a lot younger than me. Shut up. I'm 36. 36. 36 tomorrow. Closer to 40 than I am to 30. 40. Yep. Closer to 40. And that's 42. We have a six-year-old and two three-year-olds. So so the likelihood is that you guys would all feel pretty terrible, like fever. Now, you can get it, and, like, the kids may not notice it at all. You know, like, when they get stuff now, and then we get it, and we're like, yeah. you, had, you had the sniffles, and I'm, like, half dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um... Why is that? Because they just, they're, they're more resilient. I mean, they have stronger immune systems and immune responses, and they just can handle it. I don't know. I mean, Do you I just, also think it's kind of, and they're not as tired as we are? Right. <laughs> and they're also not, like, conditioned to, like, see commercials where people are sick and be like, oh, this is what you do when you're sick. They're like, no. my kids are no, like, oh, I'm sick. Let's, like, go run around in circles. I don't because then they genuinely, like, you've seen your kids actually get really sick. And when they're really That's sick, so it's so pitiful because um, they can't even. Pitiful honest, slash like, kind of relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of snuggly. I kind of love it. I'm like, oh, do you have the flu? That's so terrible. Um, but y'all probably, it would probably be very flu-like with much more respiratory involvement. So maybe some wheezing and shortness of breath that you've never experienced before. Like people that have asthma know what that feels like. But if y'all mm-hmm. if you haven't had it, then you, you don't know. But like our pastor that um, passed out at church last Sunday was, has it and was, the other guy, so he was totally asymptomatic, meaning no symptoms. He, excuse me, he had like some sneezing and sniffles. He thought he had allergies because the pollen is like raging right now. And then got so tachycardic and winding while pre winded while preaching, 
he passed out and then at the there no no heavens no we haven't gone anywhere in public in literally probably three weeks but um he passed out and then our he's in his 40s and then our other pastor who's like 56 is um in the icu on a ventilator right now with covid what yeah yeah and if that what that was in the paper otherwise i wouldn't say that because ed's been helping them but um yeah got it like the next day was sick um like chest x-ray wednesday was not great and then or monday was not great and then wednesday it was like okay this is bad and night two in the hospital he's on a ventilator oh yeah. so sorry yeah it's crazy i mean it's crazy like how i feel like that does it would, like spread like wildfire at your church i probably i think another person's been diagnosed but but that's the thing is that we're already like we're having to decide who to test and who not to test they're just yeah. saying like we have two friends now that were are in memphis and ed is basically treating them over the phone because he's like i there's no doubt in my mind that you have it yeah but there's no reason right now for you to go to the hospital just to get diagnosed he's like you need to quarantine for two weeks two full weeks you know, if somebody can come get your kids, have them come get your kids. Here's the medicine you need to take. Get it from your doctor. You know, so. So is there medicine? Um, yeah, there are a couple of medicines right now that it's funny. It's the, so we have Trump talking about things and then we have Dr. Fauci talking about things. And Fauci is like super conservative, but that doesn't mean that Trump is wrong. I mean, there, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So Trump was talking about um, a drug, hydrochloroquinolone, I think, which is a malaria drug, or Plaquenil, which is an arthritis drug. And then mm -hmm. um, actually Z-Packs have been shown to be helpful, like in combo. We think they're going to be helpful. Whereas Dr. Fauci is like, well, there's not enough data. and But also Trump is saying this is like the treatment, and it's somewhere in between that. We just we don't know yet. So, okay. yeah, so, there's, so there is medicine now, which is better than six months ago. We had no clue, nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so everybody, so just say that, you know, we all feel crummy. John and I will probably feel like what versus the children? Just um, short of breath. Pro yeah, probably more short of breath and fluey than the kids. And so, like, Waylon, he has been hospitalized before for, um, why can't I think of it right now? Where like the, RS, RSV? He, he has RSV. He's had RSV. But, like, what's the one with little kids where they can't breathe, like, super wheezy? Um, I cannot remember right now. I would think RSV, yeah. Mm. Oh, croup. Croup. Yeah. Is it kind of similar to that? Like, would you do the same thing? Like, bring them into the room, put on the, like, um, try to get. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a different mechanism than croup. Like, this is much lower down in the airway. Croup is kind of the, the top of the airway, which is why it sounds like that barking. Uh, mm -hmm. But I mean, any, that, those are always like home things you can do for, for asthma is like, steam and um or some yeah steam and some people will do like you could do like a eucalyptus diffuser okay. um but uh, things like that but if you're really short of breath I mean you got to have like an inhaler or breathing treatment or something like that. okay and so is like in like speaking about inhalers like is that a, something that's of short supply that people should be worried about like I'm I not yet <laughs> be freaking out yeah. yet not yet. Can you call no. me in an inhaler right now? I, <laughs> because I can't breathe. I shan't. That's a different reason why you can't breathe. Yeah, you're, I know. You're having a panic attack. <laughs> oh my gosh, Claire. I, I mean, like just listening to you, like it's so helpful. But at the same time, like how do you, how, how do you stay calm with knowing the truth? Uh, I mean, it's both. So Ed and I are very different. Ed is very afraid of getting the actual virus. He is a germaphobe through and through. Like, and I, I just feel like not to make Ed sound like he does not believe the same things I do because he does, but we're not, I'm not in control. Yeah. Like, sure. I really hope our family doesn't get this, but I don't like fear the virus. You right. know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I know that ultimately I'm not in control. God is in control. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's helpful for everybody, but it's true. I mean, and I, I just don't think you can live like that. I mean, otherwise, like, don't drive a car, you know, don't, right. swim, don't swim in the ocean. Don't, you know, eat a salad. I don't know. But also, don't fall in love. Don't get pregnant. Like, right. You just can't. Yeah. I, I, I can't live like that. And I think there, but I, I also think there are different things for people, different people that the more you know about it, the better you feel like he had to learn all this stuff about flying basically to overcome his like crippling fear of flying. Got it. And, and so for some people, 
if they don't know anything about this subject, I think that makes them more fearful. Now, for mm-hmm. some people, it makes them not fear it at all. But I, I don't know. I mean, I know a ton about it from Ed, and, and I'm just like, I, you know, we're doing as much as we can. Now, also going back to the restaurant thing, we are getting to go food from restaurants. Um, I mean, the food is cooked, so it should be, you know, relatively safe. I know a lot of places where it like, should be wearing gloves and, and hair nuts and all the regular safety things, but then we, we are wiping down um, the containers with our like Clorox wipes or like, we'll be like putting a little, down. mixing a little hand sanitizer in it yourself. And you just sprinkle like a little, like a, <laughs> yeah. Mix it with it's so funny because I think that part of Ed's genius, I know Ed, Claire's husband as well, and he's lovely and funny and quirky and just awesome. But is that he like, that's part of his genius. Don't you think? Cause John, I mean, John thinks, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I tell him information and it's like, he's like kind of, he kind of thinks it's cool to tell other people the information. And I'm like, Dave, everyone knows that. Like, he's like, like, he's like, like, it's hilarious. He's Ed like, is a little bit like Rain Man, if yeah. you will, like about certain subjects for sure. Yes. I mean, but, but what's funny is like, it's, it's only, it's a lot of certain subjects. So when I was pregnant with either child, he got like a D in, in his women's health rotation in med school. And so also fun fact about Ed, he does not have a college degree. He only did did three years of college and then went straight to med school. But like, that's how smart he is. He's like Doogie Howser. Sort of like Doogie (laughs) Howser because he was also like really young for his grade. He's in med school at like 21. And I think I'm also taller than him. So I absolutely, he is (laughs) such a rain man, but did so terrible in his L and D and women's health rotation that he would say stuff when I was pregnant. And I'd be like, you are so incorrect on that but he wasn't yeah. used to just being flat wrong about medicine and I finally had to just be like you can't like you can't come to my doctor's appointments anymore like you are something's got to change you can't talk about this you're saying wrong information like all of the time but typically yeah. he is yeah he's I love to be right but I'm married to Ed and he's like always right that's why you're married to him yeah, probably. <laughs> um, well, is there anything else? We, I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours. I know. I don't know. I just, I felt like we should still chat and then, but like it's, things have changed so much. I'm like, how do we, mm-hmm. I don't know how to, I don't know. This is just weird. It's such a weird time. It really yeah. is. And I think it's, you know, I think, I mean, I think that it's good to have the information that you just shared with us. And then at the same time, I think it's also good to not, I'm not saying not focus on it, but like, keep working out, keep breathing, keep feeding your children, keep living your life. And we're going to get through this. It's like, you know, watching a a thing of water try to boil. I know I just said that like really wrong, but it's like, it's a kind of, it's kind of a hurry up. Pot never boils. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know that like, I don't do those kind of things. I don't say those things right. I know you don't because you know what you say is top hand corner of your mat. And I'm like, well, where no. is it? It's hold on. <laughs> it's whatever hand you're using. So it'd be like the right hand, yep. top corner. But you, but I love it. It's my favorite. Don't stop saying it. <laughs> top hand corner. I'm like, what is a top hand corner? Like both of my hands are at the top. But I can't do left and right. That's why I get very confused in your class. So I'm so happy that you think I'm smart because I'm like, you said top hand, and I don't know which hand is on the top. And I, well, you know what I would love is like every, and I'm not saying like I'm basically like a, a glorified aerobics instructor, like on my best day. But let me tell you, it is a lot of fucking words, and it is harder than it looks. Okay. No, oh, I'm I going can... through it. I'm going through a teacher training right now, and people are like, "How do you say so many words?" and kind of make half jokes and go to a beat and also half inspire. I mean. But then remember what you said. Like, how do you remember? But I don't, Claire. Half the time I leave, I'll leave, and I'm like, damn, I forgot that. I don't. I mean, maybe one thing, but I. I mean, I can't. I'm like, oh, we did just do that on the other side. Okay, she's right. All right, let me. But that's why I can't remember how to say watching a pot boil or whatever it is. Like, my brain is full. It It is is full. Our brains are both full of different things. Very. And like, just to close this off, do you think? I think mom brain is real. Oh, 100%. Okay. I'm, I'm like, have I killed dumber. every brain cell in my brain? Which, I mean, I may have done a little bit of damage, but I think sure. like, sometimes John will look at me and he'll be like, I'll be like, where's Adela? And she's literally sitting next to me. I'm talking like 
no alcohol, nothing. We're just like, it's the end of the day and I'm exhausted. And he's like, what? He's like, she's sitting right there. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Because like, your brain is always thinking about multiple other people, whereas his brain is not. Thinking about him? Right. He has him and what he's going to eat. One person. Yeah. Yeah. If he's, he's in charge the of the kids, like, then he's probably thinking about them, but still not even on the he same lost, He lost Van in Target yesterday. Well, there you go. That's, you know, that's why we can't have my thing. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Well, this was fun. Guys, we're both putting this out on each podcast. Yes. I we just thought it would be fun for each audience to hear. I mean, Sarah never gets interviewed on her own podcast. So... Um, if you're not subscribing to Are You For Real, that is Sarah's podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you're not subscribing to Dabbleco, who even are you? Um, <laughs> if you want to hear more information, my first episode was all with my husband, Ed, talking about coronavirus. Um, and, yeah, it's awesome to talk to you, Sarah. Listen, subscribe to both of our podcasts. Yes. Rare Rate us. Yes. We love you. Yes, we love you. Thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Stay inside. Flatten the curve. Take your meds. Bye. Bye.